Welcome to week number 173 of the Two Guys into Friday's podcast. My name is Steven, and that over there is Travis. Kicking off TGIF 1993, now that the it Sugar Bowl It feels like it's been a long time since we've done this <laughs> show. Been. but uh, It has been, because we had this, we had the Sugar Bowl. Interview, interview. Sugar Bowl. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we've been doing that stuff, it's just we haven't been watching these shows in a long time, and that's what really feels like it's been a long time for me. It's been, it's been a long time. Uh, welcome, if this is your first time listening. Uh, we well, have, I, for the last, uh, what, three years have we been doing this now? 89, so yeah, three and a half. Three and a half years we've been watching all of TGIF week by week, exactly as it airs, and then coming on here and discussing it. Um, some of the shows have come and gone, some of them are still here, but uh, it's been a roller coaster of, uh, of emotions. I wasn't even going to say emotions, I was just going to say like horrible TGIF shows and good TGIF shows. Luckily, the good outweigh the bad for the most part. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so a few things we got to get out of the way, thanks to Teddy for the theme song this week. Thank you, Teddy. If you want to send in your own version Happy of the new theme year, song, Teddy. Happy New Year, Teddy. Uh, you can send it in, tgifcast at gmail.com. Also, follow us on all social media at tgifcast, and go to that YouTube channel, because we've got that brand new interview that uh, yeah. we would like you to watch, and uh, I think that you would enjoy. Check it out. It's a great interview. Um, so one thing we do before we talk about the episodes is we like to see what was going on in the world that week, 30 years ago. Now, these episodes uh, would have aired when? These would have aired January 8th, 1993, Friday night. So I probably should have done a little bit of research on this story, but I didn't. Um, but January 8th, 1993, NBC offered David Letterman the Tonight Show job, which I think is I, pretty I, interesting. Because he was, I, at that time, he was on TV, right? He was on The Late Late Show with David Letterman, and then they were like, hey, come over to us, and he probably said no would be my guess, and stuck, so, stuck okay. with what he was so, doing. So, okay. Which show offered him the money? The Tonight the, Show, the, the which job? is Leno. That's Leno. Leno. So here's the thing. I have never been a late night TV watcher. I know very, very little about Okay, that's that. fine. So that's your, that's your, yeah. you're good at that. I didn't do the research, like when he was on the Late Late Show and. Uh, I'm, so I'm looking now. If you can check when he, when the Late Late Show with David Letterman was on, that'll answer all so of our questions. Just, just like there's Late Show with David Letterman. When Not we, late late show. When There's was he the on late that? show? Which looks like that started in. in uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. So when Johnny Carson retired, I'm, I'm reading straight off Wikipedia. Okay, that's so fine. I'm just going to cite cite it right here. Ninety two. Johnny Carson retires from the Tonight Show. Everyone thought that Letterman would be the host. NBC gave the job to Leno instead. Uh, Letterman left NBC, so I guess he was working for NBC at the time to host. Um, the, the late, late show, show with David Letterman on CBS. Okay. So I don't know what the why they made the decision to go with Leno, Leno over so Letterman. Letterman, but it sounds like you're telling me that they offered Letterman the job and he denied it. He well, I don't know if Letterman. he denied it. They they definitely offered him the job on January eighth, ninety three. Okay. Uh, I'm a Letterman fan more than I am a Leno fan. I prefer Letterman over Leno. <sighs> you know, I know so little. I mean, I know them more as personalities than like the host of these shows. I, yeah. I've never really had any opinion on either of them. That's fine. Know. I don't That's know. all I got for yeah. news. What about movies, music? What's number one going into 1993? Uh, I'll start with music because we so we are officially in 93. We are officially in the year of Whitney Houston. I will always love you. It has been the number one song for a while. It is officially the number one song of 1993. So we've got this for a few weeks. So no changes there. Um, we are we are well entrenched in that song for a couple months. Um, however, 
New movie at number one. Okay. And I'm a big fan of when this happens. It's fifth week at the box office. It got to number one. It is a great movie. It was a great movie when I was a kid. It's still a great movie, and that is Aladdin. So Disney's Aladdin. Okay. Was number one. We've got some TGIF connections with Aladdin. Yeah, we've had Aladdin on the show. Not just TGIF connections, connections, but connections to our show as well. How about that? Aladdin's been on. All right. So any birthdays this week? Well, kind of. We do have one birthday. We have mentioned it before, but now that it's actually the time, I think it's worth bringing out, bringing it up again. So, Megan Haldeman, happy birthday, January thirty, or excuse me, December thirty first was her birthday. Happy officially birthday. She had a lot of screen birthday. time in this week's episode. I feel like too. She did. She yeah. did. All right, so let's get into it. We've got four shows to talk about. Everything's new. Uh, Family Matters season four, episode thirteen on HBO. I don't know what episode number you've got. Twelve or fourteen or something. I think eleven, something like that. Eleven, twelve. Eleven. Uh, Muskrat Love. I hope I watched the right one. That's the right one. Uh, so it starts off. Uh, you see a sign. You're obviously in a gym. It says "Welcome to Muskrat Days." I, I guess the Muskrats are their school mascot. Where they all? We've go? known that. Yeah, we've known that. That's been a thing. Um. Urkel is uh, getting in the dunk tank. They've got this is like a fundraiser for, I guess, the Sadie Hawkins dance is what I've gathered. But right. That yeah. seems to be the case. Yeah. Um, so Urkel's getting the dunk tank. Uh, Eddie is the first one to step up to throw a ball at him. And uh, he misses. Then he's like, come on, everybody. Give me some help. And you think like everyone's going to like, start cheering. <laughs> but like 50 people go and pick up a softball and they all hurl it at the uh, target at the same time. And none of them hit. None of them. That's impossible. But anyways. Uh, What's even more impossible is what happens next. (laughs) This is true. Uh, This is true. Laura Winslow says, move over. I'm going to throw this ball. She picks it up. She throws it. She doesn't even hit the target. She might have missed worse than Eddie when he threw the ball. And somehow Urkel still goes down in the dunk take. Like they didn't they didn't really explain this at all. I think they thought that they were going to be able to. What's your explanation? Well, so there's a, I guess story wise, they're like, we just need to get him in the tank. But why not just shoot it again? That's like, my, like, did they really, maybe this is all I got. Televisions were so crappy back in the day, they thought they could trick everyone and just be like, oh, ball went. They, they won't know if it hits it or not. So here's my thought about it is because dunk tanks are really dangerous. Um, they're, they're, it, this is true. This is 100% true as working general liability insurance for a company who is often asked about dunk takes for corporate events. I can tell you they are very dangerous. Um, they are hard to insure. And in this scene in particular, they are putting a child on a, in a dunk tank and it's clearly him. It's not a stunt actor. So my guess is they're like, you have one chance to do this. It's like he's not going to go. You know, they're not going to. He's not going to get part of a dunk tank is dangerous. You, it's really easy to hit the back of your head and 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 your neck with, with falling. So it's not. It's it's true. They're very dangerous. Like and there's so, been tons of like deaths and dunk tanks. Yeah, it's. I don't know about deaths, but definitely injuries, paralysis. Yeah, it's it's a real thing. And and people, they're really hard to insure. Um, most places will not let mm. you do them. Um, and so my guess is that they're like, look, if you're gonna put a kid in a dunk tank, you I don't get think one they shot. cared back then. I know. So I remember this. My dad, who who worked at a school, um, I mean, back in the 80s and 90s, he refused to do dunk tanks as part of events because, it. I mean, it was known back then that they were just not. I think this is just a family thing with you guys. That's like, we can't do it's dunk not, tanks. It's true. It's, it's a very it's dangerous. It's a thing, man. 
It's a real thing. I promise you. It's a re- very real thing. All right. If you that's uh, my guess. Is it, that, if you're listening you and chance. you're uh, worried about dunk tanks, don't get one. According to Travis, and don't get in. <laughs> don't get in one, especially. They're they're not safe. All right. So she knocks him down, and yeah, he goes in, and then we get the theme song. So we come back from the theme song. We're still at this uh, muskrat days thing. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, you see uh, Laura, Maxine. They see Ted. Ted tries to talk to him, um, but Laura's not having it. And she's like, don't talk to me pretty much. And then uh, yeah. tells Maxine that she's not ready to forgive him. Uh, Maxine says, well, what would you think if another girl asked out uh, Ted to the Sadie Hawkins dance? Which obviously you can tell right here. She plans yeah. on asking him out. And Maxine, even in earlier episodes, Maxine kind of was talking up Ted a lot. He, She was always a little bit interested, but, you know, was taking second fiddle to, to Laura. But we have still not seen the episode where Laura and Ted meet because it's all out of order. <laughs> So Correct. in a couple Correct. weeks, you're going to be real confused. I promise. Ne- next week, next week, we'll, it's like we'll why is there. he knocking on the door and acting like he? Does, they have no idea who each other are. <laughs> why is she not mad at him? Or why um, is she not otherwise not happy to see him? Yeah. So she's like, I don't care if someone asks him out. Uh, I would even uh, help her pick out her shoes. And then Maxine's like, All right, guess I guess I know what I'm doing. So. Carl and Harriet are shown. I don't know why they're there. Are they chaperones or something for the dunk tank? No, I think it's open to everybody. They're coming to spend money and support the cause. No, it really seemed like a, a, a high school student thing for me, but maybe uh, there's adults there somewhere. I thought of it more as like a carnival, you know, families, everyone's invited. They're the only two adults that I see in this entire... Uh, they're, they're the only two you need. You don't really need everybody else's parents. That costs money. So they're just talking to each other. Harriet's like a little worried about her weight, which becomes a side story throughout this episode. Um, they're talking, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, Eddie <laughs> is then shown uh, getting his palm read. There's like a psychic student apparently in there, and uh, she's going to read Eddie's palm. It's a gimmick. Come on. It's a gimmick. Um, so they're talking, uh, kind of gets a little flirty at some point, but yeah, they're You're really glossing over this. Like she's really, she like kind of starts saying all these things and he's like, how'd you know that? She's like, well, I'm in your math class. And he's like, oh, I never noticed. And she's yeah. Like, she oh, says I, like, I've noticed you. I can and... see you had a trig test yesterday. Yeah. And then he's like, how did you know? And she says, well, you've got the answers written on your hand. And he's like, what? No, I'm just kidding. I'm actually in your class. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. There, I unglossed over it for you. This is, I mean, it's an important storyline, and you're just like, it is, yeah, it whatever. is. Then we see Laura. She's uh, in the kissing booth right now, and her parents have no problem with it. I mean, it's, it's all innocence and friendly. Probably, I probably couldn't even do a kissing booth at schools today. You but. definitely couldn't do a kissing booth at schools today. Like, 100% <laughs> couldn't. You probably couldn't do a kissing booth. Did, you, did they ever have a kissing booth at school when you were in school? Not that I can remember. No, though. no. That thing, that's been gone since 1993. Um, so she's up there. She's got a line of guys all giving their dollar to kiss her. Um, Urkel's in line. You see, he's got like a long run of tickets. Like he's planning on cashing in like 15 minutes (laughs) worth of kissing on Laura. But right in front of, uh, Steve is Ted. Uh, Always in front of Steve. Uh, it's Ted's turn. He goes up there. Um, he once again tries to apologize and get Laura to forgive him. She falls for everything he says, and then they start making out. You pretty much using all of Steve Urkel's tickets for him. Yeah, I mean they're like they're like straight up making out, and and you say that that Laura falls for what Tez Ted is saying. I think I think that there's a lot of conversation at the beginning of this episode with Maxine where she's like, you know, I think he's a really good guy, and he just made a mistake, and 
there's a lot of convincing along that, and and maybe that's really the case. I don't maybe know. He she really said just like, a good guy. I mean, she said earlier, "I'm not ready to forgive him yet." And then all all she needs him to do is come over and forgive and say one more thing, and then start making out with her. You're right. I mean, he batted his eyes, looked pretty, and she she fell for it. So they're making out for so long that it then becomes Steve's turn to go up, and while he turns away for like a second. She switches with some football player because she's out of the booth, and now it's the the girl's turn to kiss this football player. Yeah, it's like the wish version of Mario Lopez that they replaced him with. Uh, her with. So where are we at here? Laura leaves. Football player steps in. Uh, we go back Steve to the palm goes to reading. Get his ki- well, Steve goes. Does Steve go to get his kiss first, or do we go back to the palm reading first? Uh, no, he steps up there. I think. Um, tries to kiss. Uh, goes to kiss the guy and ends up kissing him in the middle of the chest because he's so big and and that's it. They got a big football player dude to play this high school football player guy. I know. He was huge. So we go back to Eddie still getting his palm read. Um, and eventually she asks him to the dance. Like they get to well, a flirty enough what point. What Eddie where- does, Eddie like talks her into asking him because it's a Sadie Hawkins. So the girl has to ask the guy and he's like, do you see me being asked to the dance by anyone in particular? You know, he kind of like hints that he wants her to ask him. So she does. She asks he him. Um, he, uh, I think, pretty excitedly says, "Yeah, right." Yeah, he says yes. He's excited. Um, he runs over to his friends Waldo and Weasel to let them know that uh, he got a uh, date to the dance. He tells them that it's uh, this girl. What's her name? Is it Melissa? Melissa. Yeah, Melissa. He's like, "Oh, Melissa," and then they're like, "What? That dog? You're going to da- to the dance with her?" In fairness, it's really more Weasel. Waldo doesn't have much to say because Waldo. It is more Weasel. Waldo's really generally confused the entire time of the, this whole episode. He barely knows where he is, so it's really more Weasel. Um, but yeah, so they're giving him a real hard time, saying this girl's real ugly. Why are you going out with her? You should get some hot babe to go with you. And then uh, it's enough to get Eddie to then go back over to Melissa immediately. Tell her, you know what? I forgot. I got to take my dog to get neutered that night. I can't go out with you on that date. To the dance, to the dance. Here's my problem with this: is okay. that if you're gonna have an episode where Eddie ends up going to getting asked to the dance by the ugly girl, at least have an like semi unattractive girl play that part instead of a perfectly attractive girl playing yeah, this. Yeah, like, I think they wanted. This part. I think they went for like on the on the casting here, someone kind of in the middle. I feel like. I, here's the thing: as I, I, it's hard for me to see anyone describe this actress as a dog and yeah I, I, yeah like yeah. they're they're not even making a character they couldn't even they didn't even make her into a character that was any way like well that, that's the thing like, i think they wanted to go like somewhere in the middle so then it would still be believable for eddie to like have this relationship like i i don't see him like going out with like a myrtle urkel like and then like him actually like true. feeling like this was a real type of thing i don't know uh yeah i don't know i just seem like it seemed like weasel was really just being a jerk i mean i guess he was he wasn't no matter what but yeah and of course we've got melissa here looking real sad that her uh dream guy eddie winslow has now broken up with her on the dance that she asked him out to and he said yes Poor Melissa. so back at the house for the uh the winslow's house we've got carl there he has uh got a surprise for harriet for her birthday and he brings out not only an exercise trampoline, but also reveals he has gotten her a gym membership for a year because we know from earlier in the episode she was a little upset about her weight and he thinks this is the perfect gift. 
She's mad. She is not happy about this. Yeah, she's mad. He's real excited. He thinks she's going to love it, but she's like really upset and says that it's an insensitive gift and uh, pretty much shuts down this entire idea. So let me ask you a question. Do you yep. think this is a sitcom trope or do you think this is like a real life thing where the mm. woman always gets mad because the guy is like, here, you said that you were having, you know, you had concerns about this. You were you were thinking about this. So I got you these things to help you, you know, get where you want to be. Do you think that those are. Do you want to like, bring a female guest onto the show real quick? Because we can make this happen. I mean, we can. Sure. Sure. You want me to get you want to get my wife or you want to get your wife? My wife is not home. She is she is not home right now. All right, you talk but. for like thirty seconds, and I'll get we'll get someone on here real quick. So while Steve's gone, so my whole thought is that this is I, I don't know. I hope this is largely a TV Actually, trope for a guest on the show <laughs> because because it's he's listening to her. He's her. He's listening to her concerns and what she what she is worried about now, and he is trying to find ways to help her alleviate his. I don't know. We'll find out what Steve's wife has to say. She might she might be on our side. She might not. All right. So but... she's coming upstairs. She doesn't know why, but... Uh, okay. And it might be a little hard for her to hear me and you at the same time. So I might have we'll to... We'll make it work. We'll make it work. All right. So we've got a question, and this is a question um, that we need a girl answer for. Ooh, happy to be here. So on the latest episode of Family Matters, um, Harriet Winslow, the mom, right... Mm-hmm. Laura and Eddie's mom, she was like upset in the beginning of the episode. It's her birthday coming up. She feels like she's gaining weight and um, it's bothering her, right? Okay. So Carl, her husband, for her birthday, ends up surprising her with an exercise trampoline and a year membership for like a Weight Watchers type gym. It calls it like a health spa or something mm-hmm. like that. Health spa. Okay. Do you feel like this is something that they just do in sitcoms or is this something that a woman would get upset about in real life if that's what was given to her for her birthday when she was talking about these issues she was having probably the same day or a couple days earlier? I feel like this is a sensitive subject in order to talk about. So if she had been hinting at it and being like, I really want to get in shape. If only I had some equipment or if only I could afford a gym membership or I can't figure out what gym to research and would be convenient for me to go to. Um, if she was saying things like that, then he did the right thing by helping her out, getting a gift card. So you're However, saying she needs to hint that she wants these things. Yes. A, getting a gift should be hint and it should be a gift should be helping the person out. But, which uh, it is. I feel like it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she definitely did not ask for these things. Right. And so if if someone is trying to find motivation for the gym, like in how to go, you got to figure out why they're not going and then fill that gap for them. And so for me, the greatest gift would be, hey, let's start going to the gym together. I got a gift certificate for both of us to go work out together. We're going to do this activity together and we're both going to make a change versus just being like, oh, you need to go to the gym. And hey, you Carl's a cop. So, He's a busy guy. I, well, yeah, I was also going to say, should be working out. actually, I don't know. If, I, I, I don't, I was also going to say as a, as somebody who has a husband who's probably about as active as Carl Winslow, do you, I mean, don't you think just giving, getting anything that would, would help, you know, and your goals be, be helpful or no? Wait, Did, what's the question? I'm as saying, someone said, with the Carl Winslow as a husband. Yeah, we know he's calling me Carl Winslow. We got that point. Yeah. That, that, that we understand. Now, are you saying, Travis, that... I'm saying that it's are you putting me in the that flipped Carl Winslow role? is going to be... What's that? No, I'm saying, 
I'm saying it's unlikely that Carl Winslow is going to be like, I'm going to start going to the gym. Like that's not in his wheelhouse. That's not what he wants to do. That's not even something that like he's really got the mindset for. But he is able to help her in other ways by getting her what she needs to to, you know, help alleviate her concerns. So are you saying that if you were Harriet, knowing that Carl wasn't going to do it, how would you feel about the gift? Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. Um, well, I would feel mixed bag about it and being like, oh, I would probably think it was like a joke and be like, oh, so I guess I'll go work out by myself then. Um, and I'd probably be a little sad about it, but then I would probably go use the things as long as it's convenient to my lifestyle, I suppose. I mean, the exercise trampoline is probably going to go in their bedroom. So, I mean, they'll see yeah. it. It's not like you won't, I won't see you exercising on a trampoline. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll circle back to this at the end because I, I have a, the, the actual resolution of this problem creates, I think, even a bigger conversation that, than just the. So are we going to need Ashley back on in like five minutes? No, I don't think we'll need Ashley back. I do appreciate her time though. Thanks Ashley for coming on. Thank you, Ashley. Yeah, no problem. Bye. Anything you want to promote while you're here? No. <laughs> All right. So. Trampoline got that out of the way. So she's, she's mad she that, says that he got her the trampoline gift. and the hip lickers, the hip lickers membership. Uh, and then we cut to the dead. Then the, the next scene, I get real excited. I, oh man, I got, I got, such, I have so much to say about a couple of things in this episode. Go ahead. We got Tell Richie and happened. Judy and uh, Ethel, Estelle, Estelle, <laughs> one of, Estelle. which one's in dinosaurs? Ethel. Uh, and Estelle, they come in. Uh, Judy and Richie have crisscross posters. Not only are they crisscross posters, they are signed crisscross posters because they, uh, like, stalked them at the hotel, right? Yeah, they went to the, the their hotel, met crisscross. Evidently, they, like, hung out with them for a little bit, had lunch with them, got them to sign autographs, the whole... The well, we year. find out it's because Estelle, like, they're, they are big fans of Estelle. They even brought her up on stage <laughs> one time on at the stage. last concert. So yeah. I thought we were going to get a crisscross cameo. I was excited. <sighs> Didn't happen. So here's the thing. I have a Mandela effect moment with TJF and crisscross. And I, sw- I cannot figure it out to save my life. But I, in my memory, have a clear memory of crisscross hosting a week of TGIF mm-hmm. where they debuted a new video. I think it was on the bus. That's what my memory you know, says. I missed the bus. I missed the bus. Whatever it is. I missed the I'm bus. I don't remember the name of the song. But... I have looked and it's something that will never ever ever do again for any evidence of this it. happening and can't find it. And the timing is with perfect. like no, well, not really. No. Like the timing for that video just it doesn't nothing really lines up. Hmm. And then I saw this episode, I was like, I wonder if this was the week. Like they were hosting this week, so they put a crisscross reference in. But I can't nothing just 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 nothing checks out. It's like I I have like a distinct memory of this, but can find zero evidence that it actually happened. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder if maybe maybe they were on Snick. I don't know. Maybe it was Snick and not TJ. I, I can't remember. Was Snick early nineties? Same time. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if it's that early nineties, but I don't know, man. It drives me nuts. I know what happened, and I can't find any any proof of it. All right, so yeah, uh, crisscross, blah blah blah. Pulled up on stage. Uh, then Laura gets home, and of course she's mad because uh, she found out what Eddie did with uh, Melissa. Dumped her the same day he asked her out. Yeah, everyone at school knows. Um, so we can then go a little later. Uh, Carl's getting home to Harriet's. Uh, he, we could have kept Ashley and it was like 10 seconds later. <laughs> uh, 
Um, he's kind of apologized, or this is you're talking about <laughs> even later on, right? No, no, it's this no, part. no. This is it. This is it. Um, he's kind of like apologizing to her, but then we get to the point where he doesn't really know what he's apologizing for or why he should be apologizing. He just kind of knows that he should be apologizing, right? And he's like, I don't know what I did wrong, but um, she says that the whole like uh, weight loss thing is really bothering her, and. Uh, Eventually ends with uh, him telling her that she's beautiful no matter what. And then he pulls out this, uh, uh, assume it's like a diamond bracelet for her. Yeah, like some tennis bracelet. And he's like, this this is something that truly demonstrates how much I love you. And then he gives her this, this you know, fancy bracelet. And I'm like, so you're, all, you're saying your love is just this, like, this expensive diamond bracelet. Which to me is just as thoughtless as the perceived like gem equipment like just buying a, an expensive bracelet and being like this is how much i love you like there's no thought i bet you if we all. brought ashley back in here right now she said that would that would be fine with her <laughs> let's guarantee i don't know i think i think it's i think it's just i think it's more thoughtless to just say here's expensive jewelry than it is to say i listened to what you were saying i heard things that you were that you have going on in your life i bought you something that is relevant to that part of your life i don't know it drives me insane that this jewelry is what solves the problem uh yeah then the two of them start making out like uh ted and laura at the kissing booth and everything is okay uh good. then we get the city hawkins dance we're there uh weasel pretty quickly tries to hit on laura who then uh tells him to go take a nap on some railroad tracks which is pretty good oh man i was watching some british show yesterday and some girl knew this like song what was it like peanut peanut on the railroad tracks here comes the train and now your peanut butter i don't know what it is no that didn't come over very good um so ted is dancing did we, did we mention this earlier that ted and maxine are going to the dance together i don't know if we had mentioned that around the whole kissing booth where thing. did it happen kind of, where did it get at revealed? the kissing booth when when ted was at the kissing booth they made out and then when they were done making out ted's ted's like Oh, I can't go to the dance Laura, with you because Laura I'm already said, going "Hey, I don't have Maxine. a date to the Sadie Hawkins." Yeah, and Ted's like, "Oh, I have a date already with Maxine." No, He's doing the right thing. He told forgot. her to go. He's going. We were too and busy now, uh, talking about football players' giant chest. That's true. Uh, so, anyways, Ted and Maxine show up. Uh, yeah. So Ted and Maxine are dancing, but Ted just keeps looking over at Laura like the whole time. But Maxine realizes what's going on. He's like, "This is not what you want." Takes him over to Laura. Um, Looking real jealous at the same time and upset, but uh, sad, sets the sad. two of them up like, you guys should be dancing together. So then the two of them go off, they dance together. Uh, then, we've got, um, by then we've got Then uh, we've Steve uh, is at the dance with Melissa somehow. Not sure how that got set up. So uh, the girl that Eddie asked out and then rejected is now there with Steve. Um, Eddie comes in because we didn't think he was even going to be at the dance because he had that vet appointment. And, yeah, to take uh, dog to get neutered, the non-existent dog. He uh, goes over immediately to Weasel and just starts like railing on him, like calls him like everything you can think of, pretty much. Well, Weasel does does start by saying, "Hey, look at that dog over there dancing with Eddie or Steve or something like that," and that's when Eddie's like shuts him down. Um, then Eddie goes over, apologizes to Melissa, and he tells her the truth about like everything that happened with uh, him not standing up for her or himself and just doing whatever he thought was right to impress his friends. She accepts his apology. And then, uh, I think the two of them go and dance, right? They go and dance. So everyone looks happy, except they kind of like pan out and you see Steve and Maxine just like standing off to the side, like both really upset about what's going on, but it, it's kind what of, it's kind that? of a weird scene. I feel like, 
I mean, it makes sense. Laura's dancing with yeah, another yeah. guy, and Eddie's dance or and Ted's dancing with Laura. Yeah. Um, yeah. We get credits. That's the end of the episode. Like a shot of everyone dancing with Steve and Maxine off to the side. Sad credits. Steve and Maxine decide they're going to dance together, and they go and walk and stand like a foot away from Ted and Laura while they dance next to him. And uh, Steve is like, is it okay if I pretend that you're... Oh, no, no. Maxine says first. Maxine says, Steve, is it okay if I pretend that you're Ted? And then Steve says, why not? I'm pretending that you're Laura. And then that's the end of the episode. <laughs> Good time. Yeah. Uh, interesting one, I think. We, we did have a reoccurring uh, extra in this one. One of the guys that was in the Officer and Waldo in the Army episode mm-hmm. uh, came comes back as a high school student here. Gregory Garcia. That's it. Uh, step by step season two episode 13 if i were a rich man uh, it starts off we've got uh frank on the couch he's got his fishing pole getting ready for something dana karen and al all come downstairs dana's complaining because al and karen are arguing about the stereo a little too loud and she needs uh frank to step in and settle this whole thing so you know, she's trying to study she's trying to study for she's trying to study yeah so he does a pretty good job, like, making a deal with the two of them of, like, you can listen to the stereo now, and then you can listen to it later. But the whole thing is the stereo is too loud, so Dana still can't uh, study. So she he tells her to, like, go to the library or something, right? He does. He says, go to the library. And she's like, why would I go there? Um, And then I was kind of all over the place watching this one. Carol just, like, walks in dur- during all this and says she needs a new video camera. Is that kind of? Well, they, 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 they're, they kind of figure out their thing, go back upstairs. And that's when Carol comes in and she's like, yeah, I was, she was trying to get the camera fixed, but it's going to cost $400. We might as well just buy a new one for $500. Uh, and that's when Dana then comes back down and is yelling at Frank for ruining his life, her life. Yep. So. Theme song. We come back. JT gets home. He's got a new look going on. Leather jacket, slicked back hair. It's a little, uh, it does. little it does. cool, I guess. Christmas uh, presents. Found out that uh, he got detention um, because he was like playing a practical joke on his teacher or something like that. He put Nair in the gym teacher's jock strap. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would imagine detention would be a mild penalty for. Yeah. That's more like an in-school suspension, at least, I would think. At least. Um Cody tells JT that uh, he's going to the retirement home and he should come hang out with him. It's pretty cool over there. And JT's like, no way. Why would I do that? I don't want to go with a bunch of old people. And Cody eventually, though, uh, gets JT to come after well, Frank says that right. if you don't go, you're going to be like cleaning out something with me. Exactly. Well, Frank says, if you know, hey, if you don't want to go, that's cool. I need help cleaning out the septic tank. That's right. Um, so now we're at the retirement home. I mean, there's a bunch of old people there complaining before uh, JT and Cody yeah, arrive. It's just like slow and, and old. Like, oh, I hate sitting down all day. And there's nothing to do. It's just these same shows, soap operas all day long. And then Cody and JT show up. And as soon as everyone sees Cody, the party starts. Like, everyone's excited. Yeah. They're all happy that Cody's there. He's bringing porn for the old dude. Yeah, he's got gifts for everyone. Porn for uh, Walter. And uh, I thought... Like, I mean, we knew the name of the episode. Like, he was going to get some money. Someone's going to die. I thought Walter was going to die as soon as he looked at that Playboy. <laughs> That's what I thought, too. I thought he was going to just drop dead right there. So, um, JT comes over to Cody and is like, hey, I think I want to leave. This place isn't really cool for me. And uh, Cody's like, well, you should go talk to this lady. She used to be a stripper in Chicago. And he's like, ooh, gross. And she's like, well, she's not a stripper now. Just go talk it's to not her. not like she she's works at the Claremont Lounge. Yeah. Uh, and then Cody's like, Hey everyone, let's have a jam session. And then he gets up, he's got a guitar somehow with him. Um, we've got the most, uh, 
musically gifted retirement home ever with uh, Walter on the saxophone. We got someone playing piano. Um, I know someone plays the harmonica later. I don't know if she plays the harmonica during this song too. But, yeah, I can't uh, remember. But it's going down. Everyone's playing. Cody's singing uh, like the blues. Playing guitar. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's a music party going on at the retirement home. It's a jam session. Uh, next scene, we see Frank getting back home. And uh, he tells Carol to close her eyes, and she thinks that he's playing, like, one of his role-playing games, like him being the robber again. She's like, <laughs> <naughty> okay. <laughs> um, she opens her eyes to find out that Frank has bought a brand-new video camera out the back of someone's truck for $162.50 when the new one was supposed to cost $500. Yeah, and he's like, it works. It's fine. At no point, one thing about this whole situation that I thought was interesting, at no point is there any concern about it being stolen. It's yeah. only, it's only does it work. Yeah, I figured it was stolen as well. But um, she's worried that it's not going to work. He's trying to convince her that it will. So we'll see what happens with that later in the episode. At this point, too, uh, Cody gets home. Well, she before Cody gets home, um, he tries to test out the video camera with Carol, and it's like, do that dance that you did at New Year's, and then she starts like doing like that ba 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 boom dance Shaking right in front rooms. of him. Yeah, yeah, and then that's when Cody walks in as she's doing her dance. She gets real embarrassed, and we find out Cody's bummed because his good old buddy Walter at the retirement home has in fact passed away and will no longer be the lead saxophone player in his jam band. R.I.P. Walter. Uh, we do find out, though, that he did leave him some sort of letter. Cody has not opened it yet. He pulls it out of his pocket. He reads it and finds out that Walter has left him $250,000. Which, in, in 2023 dollars, that's like $20 million. Left him $20 million. So that's the new like storyline thing going on. And then it jumps real quick to like Cody getting home. I don't know. Maybe there was a commercial break or something there. So we see Cody getting home. He already knows about this money somehow. So um, Cody at this point is at the kitchen table making a list of all the things that he's going to do with the money when he gets it. And it's like, uh, I mean, it's pretty thoughtful things. Nothing too crazy, like yeah. a video camera for the family, stuff like right. that. It's all very like intrinsic stuff, stuff for other people and really nothing for himself. JT's like, you know what you really should do with that money is invest it in me and buy me a Maserati so I can get a hot girl and buy a castle and then move to Spain. And he's like, all he's right, not buying a castle. He's he's no, no, no. You skipped the, again. Key parts here. He wants the Maserati so he can find a hot, rich wo- woman who's already rich and who lives move in Spain her castle and then move into her castle and then let JT use their driveway to park his van. And live or like Cody, let van. Cody use the driveway. Cody. Right? I'm sorry, Cody. Yeah, yeah, yeah Cody. Um, so that's what he wants with this money. And JT's like, all right, sure, I'll do that. And then Dana comes in and. I mean, we know how Dana and Cody are normally. She's, like, not even calling him by name. And he's she's calling him the Codemeister and, like, Code Dog and everything. And she's trying to get some money. Uh, does she say what she wants the money for? I think she does. Well, we don't hear what she says because as soon before she could even say it, Mark Karen and Karen come down. And then everybody is everybody is there. Some I think Karen wants her wants him to help uh, pay for her like exercise tape that she's going to create or something. She like does, that. and Mark wants a computer, like a color monitor with a color printer, and and then uh, eventually I think you do kind of hear what Dana wants, Everyone but wants. it's so drowned it out. Yeah, because Al's down there, Brendan's down there, they're all trying to get money from Cody. Yeah. And Cody doesn't care. He's like, sure, I'll get you guys all this stuff and starts adding to the list. Um, Then a little later, we see uh, Carol and Frank uh, using this new video camera. And 
almost immediately the eyepiece pops out, the lens falls off. They, it starts smoking. They set it on the ground. And then a pretty cool effect. The whole thing just like topples over on the side. Like maybe they tied some fishing line to it. I don't know what they did, but it was cool. the whole thing was rigged well. Like, and like yeah. it wasn't, you know, the coolest scene in the world, but like the way that the parts popped off and the smoke, I mean, it was rigged. It was rigged pretty well. Yeah, I liked it. Um, So, yeah, that's that scene. And then a little later, we see Cody getting home. Um, He asks Carol to borrow some money. And then he walks in, hey, Carol, can I borrow some money? She's like, what? You just got $250,000. Well, I mean, I got this list. I really want to do everything for everyone, but everyone, everything that everyone wants is really expensive, and I don't even have enough money to do it all. <laughs> and then she's like, Poor Cody, Katie. Walter left you this money. He knows that you're going to do the right thing with it. So you figure out what that right thing is. She also does tell, she's like, look, Cody, just spend it on yourself. You know, you obviously, you know, you can, you can use it. He's like, he's like, what do you mean? I've got everything I need. I got my van's awesome. I got all the stuff I need in my van. Like, I don't need any money. I'm like, good. I live like a king. <laughs> yeah, he loves it. Good for him. Um, and he, and then he thanks Carol and he's like, you know what? Walter would have really liked you, Carol. So then we jump back to the retirement home. We're at this retirement party now. Well, not retirement party, death party, I guess for, uh, for, so, her, for Walter, a, a Walter in the in the uh, in the letter, he uh, he said that he was going to throw a big party and then give uh, Cody the check at the party. Yeah, well, not him, but his attorney. So they're at this reti- this party. Um, the whole family's there too for some odd reason. I'm not sure why they even went. Um, Walter's attorney takes the podium, gives Cody the check for uh, two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and then Cody, I think he jumps on the uh, podium as well and kind of says, "You know what?" This is what I'm going to do with the money. I'm going to make sure that I uh, give it to the people that really have helped me and really matter. So to the Lamberts and the Fosters, I'm giving you $500 so you can buy a new video camera. (laughs) And they're like, what? $500? And then he gives the rest of the money to the retirement home for upgrades, like a new spa and pools and jet Jet skis. skis. Yeah. And then uh, he feels like he did the right thing. All the retirement old people are happy, and uh, they start playing another song. And now we've got some old lady playing harmonica, and everyone's dancing and happy. I have a couple problems with this. Um, first of all, you can at least throw a little bit more towards the Lambert Fosters, given yeah. the fact that you, that you live and at their house and eat their food. You can you help them out a little bit more. Second, I, I don't. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just not seeing the altruism here. But he, you're giving a quarter of a million dollars to a retirement home that is almost. Almost 100% positive a for-profit company that you're just saying, hey, you company that makes money off of people, here's a quarter million dollars for you to do what you want with. Like, that's like me just saying, and hey, Amazon. three, the 30 people that are there that Cody knows right now are going to be dead in a couple months anyway. So, like, they're not that's even going to benefit from the time the jet skis get there. That's true. And the pool won't even be done. Like, the new therapy room won't even be done by then. Yeah, there's a lot of issues. There's a lot of not thought out. Walter might have made the wrong decision giving this money to Cody. Yeah, so that's the end of the episode. We do get more dancing and, and, and music during the credits. Uh, Karen and Al are not very good at the electric slide. Mark <laughs> finds his old man twin, and they come. The they're wearing, yeah, they're wearing the exact same thing. I don't know. That's it. That's there's also there's also I think Frank's some old lady. One of the old ladies comes up and like offers Frank, wants to dance with Frank. So dinosaurs season three episode 11 the sun s-o-n also rises uh we start off we've got robbie playing some mini golf he's on a date with uh that same girl from another episode right is it the same one same might not be it looked like it could have been 
Um, so they're playing mini golf, and then over the loudspeaker, we find out that uh, his dad has shown up. Uh, well, well, well. There's a couple things here. So he's like, "Hey, let's go play some games inside." And and the date's like, "Are you sure your dad said you need to be home at this time?" And if you're not home, and and Robbie's like, "Well, what's a, what's a few extra minutes? No one's gonna care." Yep. And then then his dad shows up. up. Uh, comes over the speaker that he's there. He goes all the way to the mini golf course with a handful of grass, and he's like, "You know what? You didn't mow the grass. You need to get home, and you need to do it." And then yeah, uh, and Robbie like says something off. like, uh, "What?" Well, he's going off on Robbie while he's like right there in front of his date and in front of everybody. And Robbie's like, "Do we have to do this right now? You're embarrassing me in front of my date. Can we just talk when I get home? Like, come on, we can do this differently." And then Earl's like, "That's a great idea," and then drags him home to uh, t- to finish this back of the house. So that's where we're at now. We're back at the house. Um, this is all before the uh, theme song comes on too. Uh, Robbie it is. is yeah. um, mad of course about the way that his dad treats him in front of his date and everything and then robbie and earl are getting like to this like yelling like verbal fight back and forth uh and baby's just in his high chair like egging them on like uh pretending this is the best this is the best baby i've out of any episode yeah like he's like the referee and like the commentator and like he's no 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 you're giving him the totally the wrong okay wrong role he is the instigator yeah like you said the egger on he is not commentating he is not refereeing he is he is the guy on the sideline who's like throwing gasoline on the fire and it is hilarious (laughs) he is he is funny this entire episode this entire episode i loved it uh, then it gets to the point where Robbie actually starts like growling at Earl and, uh, it looks like this thing is going to get really physical any second, but then the theme song hits. Yes. We come back from the theme song, um, and Robbie's scrubbing the floor. I guess, uh, the fight thing didn't go very well. He got punished. He has to clean the floors now. Ethel comes in though. She's proud of him for, uh, standing up for himself and then tells him about like, uh, how things used to be with men in the house. Well, first off, too, we find that Robbie just got pretty much chickened out, got scared, and ran upstairs and started crying. And that's and then Ethel goes into this story about her her uncle, I believe it was. Yeah, her uncle or his uncle or something like that about um, Uncle Stan. How he stood up for himself and then uh, challenged for the head of the household role, like the the man in charge and. Uh, supremacy male supremacy yeah. gives robbie the idea you know what this is what i should do i should uh challenge my dad to a battle or whatever it is and i thought i thought this was ethel trying to get him to do that at first i was like ethel's trying to like you know provoke him to challenge earl because she hates which Earl's would make sense yeah to... yeah but as when he says oh that's what i should do she really backs down she's like no 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 no. that's not what i meant like that, that's not i didn't mean for that to happen i was just telling you a story like don't do that and he's like no i'm doing it yeah, so then we jump over to the Office of Male Supremacy, where uh, Robbie and Earl are in line. They've got a whole bunch of paperwork to fill out. They have to write an essay <laughs> about why they should be uh, head of the house. And this is not exactly what Robbie was thinking was going to happen when they went down here. Or or Earl. Earl also is like, when they're both just like, when do we fight? Like, we just want to fight. Yeah, so they start kind of like getting in like the same like fight mode that they were in back at the house in the kitchen. And uh, then the clerk uh, hits a button opens this door and reveals the pit of death behind them. Well, I think the clerk needs a little bit more of a, of a setup here. The sure. clerk at first is very bureaucratic. He's like, he, like you said, here's the forms, here's what you got to do, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, can we just fight? It's like, no, you got to do these things. And as they start to get more like aggressive with each other, the clerk's like, oh yeah, that's what I want to see. That's what I like. I like that. I like that. Like he's into it. Like, like really into uh-huh. it. 
And and so finally he like takes this picture of his mom off the wall and there's a button hitting underneath of it. It's like, mom, I, I can't remember what he says. He's like, mom, I'm sorry, I had to do it though. He like hits the button and he is like, the clerk is now all in on seeing them just tear each other apart. And the clerk does become the referee, like has a referee shirt on in the middle he of does. it now at this point. Yes, he does. He does. So they get ready to start battling, but then Fran shows up. Um, the battle does start, though. There's no real contact. It's just kind of like like a yelling, like circling each other kind of thing, like getting yeah. ready to fight. But no one actually is like biting or slashing or tackling or anything. But there are like limbs of other dinosaurs strewn <laughs> around the pit of like death. Bloody like, limbs. Obviously, this has been used before. So Fran then steps in and says, well, if you hurt my son, I'm going to disconnect your premium cable. And then Earl's like, what? You're going to make me watch basic cable, which gives Robbie the opening to then jump on and pin Earl, making him the supreme male of the house. And as a a reward, he is now in charge of the remote. So he has lost his premium cable anyways. So uh, the next day, I guess we see uh, Robbie and Charlene talking and, um, She's got all like the documents from the Office of Male Supremacy, which talks about all of the roles that uh, Robbie now has in the house. But he's kind of ignoring her and like what she's he's got. waking up late, watching TV, doing whatever he wants. Um, Earl and Roy, I think they're in the kitchen at this point, right? Well, they've been relegated to the kitchen because now that Robbie has the remote, they have to go to the kitchen to watch on the small TV while Robbie watches TV in the you know, chair and, and has control. Of it. Yeah. And Earl's just like sad. He says he feels like he's a lost soul. And then uh, Roy's like, well, think about all the things that you can do now. You didn't have all this time before. You don't have all these like important uh, things that you have to do as the uh, head of the household. We can go do all kinds of fun stuff now. Yeah. He's like, you don't have to work anymore. You can do whatever you want. They go back to the other room where Charlene is now telling Robbie about all of these new responsibilities that he has. And then we kind of go through like, uh, well, it starts off, we see on the screen like day one. And this yeah, is like and day those are one of Robbie and Things like get a job, pay the bills, maintain the house, you know, be a role model, things like that. Read to the baby, stuff. help with homework, like that kind of stuff. So day right. one of um, of head of the household, they show Robbie, he has a job now. We find out he got a job as a root puller. And uh, they're all talking about, everyone in the family is talking about the things that they need Robbie to do for him at this point. Well, yeah, he comes back to from his job as a root puller and immediately is inundated with all the other stuff that he has to do as a household. Uh, Earl comes in at this point, too. Um, he spent the whole day playing skee-ball and winning prizes for everyone. He's just, like, handing out, like, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> he puts on some awesome x-ray glasses at some point. Like a, one of those umbrella hats, and he's got, like, wax lips. It's, it's pretty good stuff. Yeah. Um, Robbie, of course, is complaining, but he says, you know what? I can do this though. I can I can take over all these uh, responsibilities and roles and be the uh, supreme male of this house. Right. Right. So then they show like day four, day seven, day eleven of all these like days, and like it just gets worse and worse of like uh, Robbie walking into the house to eventually like crawling into the house on day thirty. <laughs> um, he can't handle it anymore. He says his life stinks. Um, and friend. Uh, Friend Frank gives still, him another to-do list. Yeah, she still has all these day. things that she needs done. Uh-huh. Like, there's a clog that you need to fix. And uh, Charlene, this is my favorite part of the episode for me. Charlene's like, I can almost be a B student now. I just need some help. <laughs> and she brings out a map. And the only thing is a giant, like, uh, picture of Pangea because it's the only continent back mm, then. Totally I need to find Pangea on this map. <laughs> I don't know why this got me good, though. And uh, Robbie, uh, of course, is uh, not helping with all this. 
because this leads into one of my favorite parts, which is Robbie is like crawling into the kitchen and baby's in there. And baby says, come over here. And he hits him on the head with a with a uh, frying pan and, and Robbie like gets knocked out a little bit. And baby says, I'm in charge now. <laughs> he's, he's now like the supreme. Oh, baby is, is good. Episode. This is a good baby episode. Uh, then we show uh, kind of exactly where we were at the beginning of the episode, except instead exactly. of uh, Robbie and his date, now we've got Earl and uh, Roy at mini golf. Uh, Robbie shows up. He's got the grass in his hand, yelling at Earl for uh, not cutting the grass, just like the beginning of the episode. But then uh, he breaks down crying right in front of his dad. Full on meltdown. Uh, Earl understands, though. He knows how hard it is and what Robbie has to do. And Robbie wants Earl to uh, take back over the uh, head of the house. But Earl says, not a chance because he's having fun. I mean, he likes playing mini (laughs) golf and ski ball all day long. Uh, friend shows up and says uh, that she's going to get Earl reinstated and uh, she threatens his uh, Thursday nights and that's enough to get him to uh, to agree to go take it. Yeah, she's like, well, you know, thir- Thursday nights are only for adults, Earl. So if you want Thursday nights, you need to be the head of the household. Um, then I wrote down, I guess this is what Robbie learned in the episode. Uh, your life bites. No wonder, uh, no wonder you yell at me all the time. Uh, like <laughs> right. He's just like agreeing that Earl's got a tough job. Right. And Earl says, yeah, one of a parent's responsibilities is to wean you from life's joys and prepare you for adulthood. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it. That's dinosaurs this week. We just got one more. It's camp wilder season one, episode 13, uh, career day is the name of this episode. This is a weird one for me too. Um, so we start off, we've got Sophie asking Brody, uh, what's better, a dog or a cat? And Brody's like a dog, and Dorfman's like a cat. And then they get in this argument about like what dogs and cats can do. And I think the funniest line here is Dorfman's like, well, what if uh, you fall asleep at the wheel? Who do you want taking over for you, a cat or a dog? Mr. Boots? Is, Mr. is that what's name, Mr. Who I don't was the know. cat? What was the driving cat on? Socks the driving cat? Well, I don't give remember. The dri- you know what I'm talking about, the driving cat from Saturday Night Live. I don't know his name. Um, but yeah, uh, Sophie's just listening to two of them argue about cats and dogs. And then she's like, maybe a bunny. So theme song, we come back, we've got Dorfman who, um, has created his own aptitude test for some reason. And he's like, I keep getting the same results. Twins is the driving cat. Uh, Brody, um, also signed Ricky up to speak on career day, which, uh, the other kids are like, that's probably not a good idea. She doesn't have a lot of free time. She doesn't want to do that, but, uh, he did it. She comes in. And it's like the next day too. It's always the next day. Yep. She comes in. Not, I, I think this is where they reveal it too. Like not super happy about it, but she's, she's going to do it though. Well, she doesn't want to do it at all. And no. Brody's like, if you don't do it, they're going to, you know, a B minus turns into a C and then I'm not getting into college. And he basically is guilting her into it. Uh, next scene, we've got Melissa talking to Sophie about like pets and how she really shouldn't get any pets. Um, Ricky's having trouble with what to say at this uh, career day speech. Like she has no idea how she's going to do it, but Brody tries to help. And, do you think that you would be able to do a good career day with your job? I mean, no one would find it entertaining if that's what you're asking. Well, that's I why mean, I, that's I, I could definitely go and talk about my job, but it wouldn't be exciting. I know for a fact that no one would care. No, no child would care about me talking about my job at all. Like I would be the an awful yeah. career day person. We'd have to. Maybe we could do. Maybe when our kids are doing career days, we can do podcast hosts as our career. Yeah, we could and do that. Um. So then she kind of like tells Brody, you know what? I didn't always want to be a nurse, and then like starts telling like all these stories about like moving around the country and different boys and 
different jobs and stuff. And then she's like, well, I could tell <laughs> this really funny story about uh, changing Brody's diapers when he was a kid. And that made me want to become a nurse. And he gets all she gets a much more poignant and important story than what you just said. What she says is when I was a kid, I wanted to be an oceanographer. She lived at the beach. She lived in this is important, I guess. <laughs> so she's like, I wanted to be an oceanographer, which every kid wants to be marine biologist slash oceanographer. And yeah, my brother's then, 22 or something. He still thinks he's going to be an oceanographer. Because <laughs> he grew up in Virginia Beach. Of course he does. Um, so anyway, so she's like, I wanted to be an oceanographer. And she's like, but then I met this guy, her, I can't remember the guy's name, her, her ex-husband, her baby's daddy, whatever. And we got married and we moved to Arizona and there's no beaches in Arizona. And I needed a job that was, you know, then I found out he was a jerk. So we broke up and now I'm a single mom and I needed a job that paid good enough to be a single mom was flexible with hours so I could be there for my kid. And if I had to move, I could find it somewhere else. And so she's like, I became a nurse. And then that's, I must've just found it really boring. Cause I didn't write down any of that. I was just like, <sighs> I mean, it was quick. It was like two sentences. She's got her degree. She married Dean, moved to Albuquerque and then became a nurse when she became a single mom. Uh, let's see. Then we have another scene with Ricky and Sophie talking about, uh, not having a job. Because I guess she quit being a nurse at this point. No, I feel like you're skipping around. Oh, no, we have career day first. <laughs> yeah, we have career day. And we, we cut into this guy who was like a wicker salesman. And he is just way enthusiastic about being a wicker salesman. He was also on an episode of Going Places. But, you know. He talked for 45 minutes about wicker furniture. And uh, when he's finished, like everyone's applauding. Like they really liked him a lot. Like he was in he was he was, he was enthusiastic. He was into it. Um, then, uh, Ricky goes up there, it's her turn next and she starts to lose focus and starts talking about, well, Dorfman got her all hyped up on co- Dorfman gave her six cups of coffee and something else, some other kind of like really sugary food. And so she's like, she's all over the place right now. Yep. She starts talking, but she loses focus and then starts to get into like, uh, talking about like, maybe this is a bad decision about becoming a nurse and all the, uh, reasons why she didn't want to do it. And then and I she wanted guess- to be a nurse that gets her to the point where she's like, all right, I'm not going to be a nurse anymore. Sidebar, the teacher was in an episode of Step by Step. Oh. Um, so now we're at the house with Ricky and Sophie talking about uh, her not being a nurse anymore. She's like, they're talking about the difference of like being unemployed and not having a job. Well, and- well, what we find out before that is Melissa and Brody are talking about how Ricky has taken a leave of absence. They're worried about what she's going to do, what her plans are. She's not working. She's not getting paid. Um, and that's when kind of... Sophie comes down and says she wants a dog and, and they have this whole conversation about being unemployed versus being on a hiatus versus you know just not having any money. And then Ed, Ed the mailman showed up at some point. Like, was he already there during this or? No, no. So all the kids are like on their way out to go do something. I don't know what. And as they open the door, he's there dropping off the mail. And that's when, and then, and then it cuts back to Ricky and she is invited. He's still um, there. He's been there the entire there. day. They've just been talking on the couch about, uh, Stuff. About her life, yeah. <laughs> um, I put Sophie and then, worried about her. Yeah, and then we cut to commercial. Come back. Melissa's on the phone with a friend, and she's like, "How do I uh, emancipate myself? Like, how do I get a legal guardian status changed?" And she's like, "I don't." She's like, "Your dad's a lawyer. Help me figure this out." And then hangs up the phone, and that's when Ricky comes in and find reveals, out that, yeah, that yes. she's taken. Uh, well, she's been offered a job. Um, yes, as like a educational specialist for an oceanography job. Pretty much at SeaWorld. I think they called it Sealand. Sealand. They call it Sealand. And they're like, well, isn't that just an amusement park? You're just going to work in an amusement park? And she's like, yeah, but it's really what I want to do. And it is less money. There's going to have to be a lot of sacrifices. And, of course, they're all worried about that. Yeah. Um, 
We do find out Sophie sold all of her dolls at this point to go buy a dog. This reminded me, so this scene right here, this part of the scene reminded me very much of when Jesse was gonna getting his whole record deal set up and he mm-hmm. was and I don't and, and he was like, I don't know what to do. They're offering me all this money. I don't like the way that that they're like the direction for the video and and um and uh Michelle's like, Well, here's my money. You can here's my, you know, ten bucks. You can go start a record label. And he's like, She's right. I need to follow my dreams and not listen to these people and that's you know reminded me of sophie here giving her only 13 dollars to get a dog after ricky has just asked her to sacrifice so she can follow her dreams yeah and during this whole thing too like um the hospital keeps calling because they need some help at the hospital um they're they're backed up they're busy but ricky's like "Eh, i'm doing the oceanography thing but eventually uh this last time during this call um ricky decides you know what i'll go help so she uh she does she goes over to the hospital but we see her just asleep on the couch when they show her there like i guess right, she we just assume she's been shift, working right? her shift and yeah this is the end of her shift and everything uh dorfman comes in he's cleaning up apparently he's still volunteering there uh puts uh like a i don't know if it's her Touch robe her or a blanket kind of... or something over top of her on the couch uh, you get a big awe from the uh live audience at that point too it's cute. like they love it's it cute. um and then uh he does accidentally wake her up when uh something oh he falls on her he falls he goes to like re-wet the, the mop and he fall he like leans over her to do it and falls on her as he's doing that wakes her up they talk about why she's a nurse and then um he goes off because the patient needs him or something and then uh, there's a there's some they're, they're doing like an eye transplant i think and the eyes have just arrived so he's like following the eyes because he thinks it's cool and then they show ricky all alone walking out saying not a bad last night i quit so yeah. she's, she does talk about like all the she's like I helped all these people and meant a lot you know I was sewing up a, a dad and his that was going home to his family like she kind of gives like all these really positive things about what it means to be a nurse and then says you know it's time for me to do something different yep so then they go back to the house uh, we've I think we have um, Brody Melissa and then maybe uh, Ricky walks in or something at this point and they they kind of show their, their support for her right well, it's really there's really no one in the in the kitchen except for Ricky and she's like digging through the trash because earlier she had a phone number to call for the job and she ripped it up when she went back to the hospital threw it in the trash can so she's digging through the trash Brody walks in and says hey what are you looking for and she's like well I'm trying to find that number I want to you know take that job and Brody's like it's over here and they had pulled it out of the trash taped it up put it on the Mm -hmm. fridge Um, and then Melissa comes in and says well this is what we're going to do I do want to tell you one thing you you look bad and white so (laughs) Uh, yeah, and that's it for this episode. We do get some credit stuff, though. Um, we do. Credit scene with Ricky getting home. Um, she's all excited about her first day at her new job. She got to uh, teach a class about otters, I think, right? Something like that. Sea yeah. lions, otters, something like that. And then um, she talks to Sophie. We find out Sophie got a dog named Rusty, but then they go to let Rusty in, and it's not a dog. It is, in fact, a penguin that I'm guessing they stole from uh <laughs> Ricky's Stole job. From did you did, did you think it was a dog before yeah. Penguin walked in? Yeah, I did. I yeah. thought it was going to be. I didn't think it was going to be a dog. I thought that was too obvious. I thought it'd be. I honestly thought it was going to be like a hamster or even a goldfish because that makes sense with like the oceanography job. Now she's got a goldfish, something like. That. I did. I did not expect a, a penguin. penguin. Yeah. Yeah. I I always write E O E at the bottom of every page, but I wrote E O E dot 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 W T F on the end of this episode. I was like, what are they doing? Like, are they just changing this whole show completely? Hey, it's your typical halfway through the season of a show that they don't think is doing well. So they make a drastic change for no reason, which is making her, giving her a new job. Here's my concern. 
You give somebody a new I have job. I lots of concerns. Well, my big, my big concern is you give her a new job and now the show becomes about her and her new job. Uh, and yeah. that's not what I want. I want the kids. I don't want Ricky working at SeaWorld, being an oceanographer. Even like, do you really think we're going to get a lot of like at her job type stuff? I'm sure we are. Probably They probably like bought a bunch of dolphins for this or something. I don't know. <laughs> How many episodes do we have left? A lot. What, what is, is this is episode? Yeah, we got a good amount this left. This is 13. I mean, this, so we got like six. I mean, I guess that's, that's not, not a lot. lot. It's, it's still a decent amount. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I I have a feeling this is the uh, the start of the end here for uh, good yeah. old Camp Wilder. It was just frustrating because I liked everything about. I liked where it was going. I liked what it was about, and I don't want it to be about Ricky working at a marine park. I kind of wish we point. talked to Megan like after this episode. <sighs> we had known this, yeah. yeah. Or she would have spoiled it for us and said, "Hey, you know, Ricky becomes an amusement park worker, right?" On episode thirteen. Yeah. Well, so like, I what? knew I knew she switched jobs at some point because as I, when I was looking through some of the episodes, I saw her working at another place. I was like, "That's really weird." And she must switch jobs at some point, but here we are. Huh? Here we are. Um. So I don't have my rankings ready to go, but I think I can probably do it pretty quick. I mean, I know number four. I know number. You're. I know what you're gonna put number one. I'm ready. I can do mine. I got. Uh, I got. Uh, let's go. Hold on. Come on. All right. I got mine, but it was somewhat persuaded by you. But we'll go. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, number four. I got Camp Wilder. I just didn't really. I'm. I'm worried. I'm worried. Um, two and three really to me. I mean, Family Matters and Step by Step are interchangeable to me this week. They were both okay episodes. None of them, neither of them really stood out. If I had to pick, I'd probably put Step by Step at three and Family Matters at two. But Dinosaurs really was a shine shining moment for me this week. The baby in this episode was hilarious, hilarious, so funny. Um, this like I don't know. There was just so much. There was so much good stuff in this episode of Dinosaurs. Yeah, mine's pretty close. Um, I've got everything the same, except I've got number one and two switched. I have Dinosaurs at two, Family Matters at one. Uh, I feel like the whole, like, battling male thing has been done, like, three times already on Dinosaurs. Um, it's, it's definitely something Robbie does a lot. I, I Honestly, that story-line, like, I didn't even care about that Because the baby, the baby made this else, one for you, pretty much. Everything around that was so funny. It was so, was just so funny. Like, I don't care. Like, it didn't even matter to me what the show was about. Because everything that was going on around it was hilarious. Even even Ethel, like you said, the the piece with Charlene was funny. Like Oh, the map with Tangia. Just, yeah. yeah, it was just a funny episode. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, what do we got coming up next week? Full week? Yeah, full week next week. So Family Matters, season four, episode 12. And Steve, this is the week for the show, that, the episode you watched, Hot Wheels. So, oh. um, so I need to go try order. to find my notes from like four months ago when I watched this episode, I guess. Yeah, it's a little out of order on Apple. So if you're following along, it is the episode Hot Wheels uh, on on Apple. I think it's like episode It's like three or, or four. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Uh, Step by Step Season 2, Episode 14, Dinosaur Season 3, Episode 12, and Camp Wilder Season 1, Episode 14. Uh, thanks again to Teddy for the theme song this week. You can send in your own yeah. version, TGIFCast at gmail.com. Follow us on all social media at TGIFCast. And uh, we're back with a whole new full four episodes for you next week. Yeah, a full week. Anything else, Steve? I'm going to L.A. tomorrow, so that'll be fun. Or I'm already oh, I'm already there if I'm You're recording. You're already in L.A. I'm, I'm in see, L.A. right now. I got to figure out how to watch find, these episodes. Go find the Going Places house. Oh, give me a list of things to go find. I'll go. I'll do it. There's really I don't think any I don't think there's any. No one actually lived in L.A. except for in Going Places. Uh, the Full House cast went to Disney once. I'm not going to Disney though. <laughs> are you going to go to Disney? No. What are you, What you really need to do is is 
send emails to all of our friends and say, hey, Brooke, what are you up to? Hey, Melissa, I, you want to hang out? I mean, out we know a, for a, a beer? fact we could go see, I could go see Brooke if I wanted to. You could. You could say, hey, Melissa, you want to grab a, grab a coffee or a... Oh, is she there too? A hot dog? I assume she is. What about... Uh, I got that impression. She said she sees them all around town. What about Kimmy so. Gibbler? Is she out there too? I think she's out there as well. I think she's out there as well. Probably know. Steve too. You, you could, you know. We'll see. Get some pics. Get some pictures. All right. Keep, just keep, keep your eyes peeled. There might be TGIF stars all over the place. It could be. Have fun, man. Yeah, I will. Have a good week. You got it, dude. <laughs>